0: Welcome to the EMS Podcast, an opportunity for senior leaders to provide updates and answer questions about Alberta Health Service's EMS.
1: Welcome to the EMS Senior Leadership Team Podcast. This is Darren Sandbeck, Chief Paramedic. With me today is Marty Scott, Executive Director for EMS Provincial Programs, Dale Weiss, Executive Director, EMS Operations, Dr. Mark McKenzie, Senior Medical Director, and Kathleen Fraser, Provincial Program Director in the Office of Respectful Workplace. Uh, Thanks for joining us today. We'd like to cover um, three topics, give you a bit of an update as to what's going on. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about um, COVID and personal protective equipment, we're going to talk um, with Dr. McKenzie about uh, changes to the uh, practice for opioid uh, overdoses. And Kathleen's going to give us an update on um, about to launch a culture assessment project um, that we have underway. I'd just like to begin by uh, once again um, offering my sincere thanks and gratitude to all of our frontline staff as we continue to work through the COVID-19 pandemic. We know um, as a senior leadership team that this has been a a long journey um, for us um, now coming into eight months um, and we know that um, that we still are challenged by COVID-19. So my sincere thanks uh, on behalf of all of SLT for your ongoing work and commitment to the COVID-19 response and for the care and treatment of Albertans. Dale, can I start with you to uh, give us a bit of an update on um, where we're at with COVID and personal protective equipment?
2: Sure. Thanks Darren. So with, in relation to the personal protective equipment, I want to comment a little bit about the effort that it takes and just appreciate frontline staff taking that effort. Uh, The supplies are there and there's a lot of people that are working very hard to make sure that the supplies stay there and that's been very helpful. Uh, in uh, in stocking the units, but it's a difficult thing. I want to just recognize that uh, that uh, the effort that it takes for frontline staff to don and doff this uh, the PPE that's appropriate, you know, based on different calls and different situations. You know, as you go into hospitals, you're changing things out, and it's a very disruptive uh, piece of your workflow. Uh, and it takes a lot of attention on your part to make this work. And it, and it uh, just makes a substantial difference as far as the transmission rates. Our transmission rates at uh, in our workplace uh, are very low, uh, considering the you know uh, our patients uh, often not often but uh, sometimes have COVID uh, and uh, they're COVID positive and sometimes we don't know. And those are the ones that you're really protecting yourself against, or the ones that you don't know. Uh, And none of us want that call, you know, two, three weeks later or whatever it takes to indicate that uh, you've uh, come in contact with somebody uh, uh, COVID positive. But uh, certainly when you're wearing the PPE, it's uh, it's making a difference. It's making a difference when you're wearing it in the front of the ambulance. Uh, And I recognize the difficulty that it is to your day, but uh, I just want to encourage you to continue to do that and not let that slip. It's very important to you, to your patients, and to your families. And so I wanna thank you for
0: that. Dale, we're emphasizing this message in the emergency department as well. Um, you know, I think uh, all of us who have ended up in either emergency medicine or emergency response, paramedicine, um, we're a bit impatient by nature. And um, yeah, we're emphasizing this as well too, like we're we're eight months in, and so we've sort of gotten used to the routine. Um, but uh, yeah we don't want to let our guard down at all and we've noticed that a little bit time to time even within the eds and as the prevalence in of the of the uh, illness goes up in the community um, you know the only covid patients you used to see are were ones that you know presented with fever and cough and sore throat and shortness breath and such but uh, as the prevalence goes up, it becomes more and more likely, and we're seeing it now, where patients present with something completely not at all related to ILI or respiratory symptoms, and they get swabbed either because they were admitted or something like that, but, um, come, but the tests are coming back positive. So, yeah, I'll just uh, emphasize your message along well. It's uh, for the ED and for pre-hospital.
1: Thanks, Mark, and thanks, Dale, for that update. Important messages there around um, PPE utilization. So, Mark, while you've got the seat, um, you want to give a quick update on the changes to the opioid overdose practice?
0: Sure, thanks, Derek. The,
1: you,
0: people will be seeing a memo um, that's being filtered uh, to uh, frontline providers um, uh, that comes from the medical directors uh, regarding management of opioid toxicities. Um, the other crisis that we're facing and uh, the opioid crisis, we're still seeing opioid responses that are much higher than uh, annual averages. Um, the memo really is for twofold. It's one to mitigate those uncomfortable and sometimes dangerous situations where patients are completely reversed and then are either combative or agitated um, and or then refuse to go to hospital afterwards, which is potentially dangerous uh, for them. Um, the other side of it is that getting a patient who has opioid use disorder or addiction to a emergency department is a really unique opportunity to, um, to start opioid um, harm reduction strategies. And to talk to the patient about uh, either decreasing use or starting something like Suboxone or getting them to addiction resources. So as much as we can, we'd like to focus a bit more on just the basics, focus on airway and ventilation and oxygenation, and then give you a more titratable option for Narcan. Essentially just to get the patient uh, breathing again and maintaining airway um, and not fully reversing. So you'll see a, lower dosage of IM, um, 0.2 milligrams being recommended, and then a, a more titratable IV option by uh, diluting uh, 0.4 milligrams in uh, 9 cc's or of uh, of um, saline and then titrating that so it's just, you know, 0.04 per mil. Anyway, the, the details are in the memo, but um, you'll see that coming out and you could mention also that the memo has been filtered through the emergency department, so there shouldn't be any surprise there. And, uh, yeah, that's it, Darren. I don't know.
1: Great. Thanks, Mark. And your yes. point off the top is well taken, actually. We've been really focused on um, COVID-19 response, mm-hmm. um, but the uh, opioid crisis is still real um, for us. And I know our crews are still seeing a lot of those issues out there. So that memo has been circulated to frontline staff. It's also available on hsems.com. Thanks. Um, Kathleen, over to you. Um, We're about to launch on a pretty significant project um, that involves um, our staff all across the province um, around a culture assessment. Can you give us a bit of background on that?
3: Uh, For sure, Darren, thanks. Um, Well, as you've said, we are going to be undertaking an assessment of culture at EMS over the next year. And we have a couple of reasons for wanting to do that. The first is for us to really be able to define and understand what our current workplace culture looks like. And as well, we want to have a better understanding of how this culture is impacting the personal, as well as the occupational well-being of our employees. Um, So we will use the information that we collect in the assessment to inform the respectful workplace initiatives and programs that we will be rolling out and introducing to our folks. And we also plan to use it as baseline data, so that we have a way to check in and measure uh, whether or not the programs that we are implementing are actually making a difference for our people um, now and in the future. And we've designed the assessment to take a research-based approach, um, and the methods that we're going to use in this assessment um, have uh, a couple of different forms. Uh, The first is that we will talk to folks directly and listen to their experiences in their own words. Um, And then we're also going to use a couple of measurement tools to measure some different factors that influence workplace culture. So the opportunities to participate in this assessment um, will be coming around in the next month or two. We plan to begin the full-on assessment in January. Uh, Our project manager and lead researcher for this work is Nicola Cavanaugh. Um, And we hope that Nicola can come to our future podcast in the near future and provide us with some more specific logistical information about how folks can get involved. Um, But in the meantime, I'd recommend uh, watching your um, email for communication about this assessment and I guess just a real strong encouragement for folks to participate because the more that we get that participation from everyone the better the quality of information will be um, and the better the programming will be moving forward
1: Great, thanks Kathleen. So the message there is um, watch for more information in your email coming soon relative to the culture assessment process. And um, and that will also be um, available on ahsems.com. So so that concludes our podcast for today. Um, Marty, you get a buy this month. Um, we'll, we'll look to you for a topic um, next month, as well as look to uh, hopefully bring a guest onto the podcast. So. Once again, uh, thanks everyone for your great work out there. Um, we really appreciate um, the work that goes on and, um, uh, and just want to encourage everyone to stay safe and stay healthy. So thanks very much.
0: You have been listening to the EMS podcast. Please visit ahsems.com for future episodes and to provide your comments and questions through the leadership feedback link. Thanks for listening.